You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 35 West Chelton Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. ...me to use my imagination around that wave of, of what came over me. An imaginative encounter with Jesus and the wave brought somehow brought together my head and my heart in a surprising way. And I found that the Lord is near, right in the wave with me. And lastly, yesterday, my family went to see the dramatic telling of um, the complicated history of Cliveden, the Cliveden House here in Germantown. That is a historic site that's been famous for um, the American Revolutionary War Battle of Germantown in 1777 that happened there. But there are thousands of documents called the Chu Family Papers that tell more of the story, of, of the true story of seven generations of the Chu family who owned the property and slaves who worked there, in addition to several plantations down south. I was grateful that it got talked about here in our meeting. That's how I learned about this. And so we all went to see this dramatic telling. And it felt like an important way for me, personally, as a white woman who uh, lives here on this land in Germantown, to expand my learning. And, and to hold the remembering that preceded Juneteenth. The actors there conveyed the stories of a few members of the Chu family um, and those who were enslaved and in service to the Chu family. It was, it was really, first of all, it was really well done. Um, and it was, it was interactive in that we moved, the audience moved with the actors around the property and around the building um, as they enacted these stories. It was a powerful truth-telling of what had taken place on that soil and within the stone walls of that building. So we moved around the grounds with the actors. We were kind of enveloped with the story as it played out. We watched as Harry, an enslaved man, um, made his escape from Cliveden, and Michael, an enslaved domestic worker, and Benjamin Chu Sr.'s um, slave catcher, was torn about intervening when Harry made his escape. And about Charity, who was an enslaved maid to, who was brought to Cliveden from the South, when she learned that after six months of slavery in Pennsylvania, she could be free. And then we watched as she received news that her previous slave master sent for her to be returned. And she cried out to God for mercy. She chose to injure herself so that she could not be transported back. The whole experience was very powerful. Um, 
and as I said, an important way to remember the history here. I thought of these three stories from my week because, uh, first of all, it felt like something deep was being worked out in me each time with each encounter. And I thought back to Paul's words, his encouragement. Um, He begins by saying, rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. I think living as a follower of Jesus does not mean that uh, we're rejoicing all the time. It doesn't mean that there will be no middle-of-the-night emails or anguish or sorrow. I think the joy and rejoicing that Paul is talking about in his letter to the Philippians is not the temporal kind that comes and goes with our circumstances and our emotions. It's more of a rooted, rooted in relationship to the Lord. It's about an abiding, deeply spiritual quality of life. And I think that depth is developed and sustained in times of difficulty. It's expressed, it's action, more than emotion. And it's communal. When Paul writes to the church, he's writing to them together. He says, rejoicing should mark their life together in Philippi because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, rejoice. Like my friend in the midst of a sleepless night, cry, crying and praying and presenting her request before God. The Lord is near. Paul says. He gives them a reason to hold on to rejoicing. Scholars debate or consider what exactly Paul means when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. The Lord is near. He could mean, let your gentleness be ever evident for all, for the coming of the Lord is near. This is like an eschatological, eschatological meaning. It's like end times. It's pertaining to the end of all things. The hope that the coming of the Lord will bring the renewal of all things. When Jesus will set all things right, Um, Paul's hope is in the restoration and renewal of all things when Christ will come again. So it's good for us to remember that in the great arc of redemption history, we're between Christ's resurrection and his return. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So when he says the Lord is near, he could mean that end time, the hope of the full renewal of all things. Or he could be saying, because the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything. The presence of God is with us in whatever we face right now. Or he could mean both, that the Lord is near now and to come. 
His words came back to me as I read my friend's email. The Lord is near, now and to come. Paul's words, let your requests be made known to God, came back to me after that, de- after that um, spiritual direction meeting. We don't always know what we need, how to present our requests to God, what it is we actually need to ask for. The anxieties of this day are mixed with um, the impact of prolonged stress, complicated life situations, the restrictions and loss and trauma that we've all been through over these last two years, in addition to our own individual journeys. So when Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything, it's helpful to remember he's painting this picture of of an ideal. So don't count yourself out when you are anxious. Don't condemn your anxiety either. Look for evidence of this life of the Spirit at work in you. Look for ways to pray and present your request to God. Prayer may need to take a different form than it has in the past for you. I know that I have needed that in this past year. I feel like my brain and my body are working differently. Than, and what I used to do doesn't really work right now. My spiritual director um, has explored and expressed her faith in her life of prayer in various ways over the many years, decades. Uh, she began as a nun with sisters of, who practice Ignatian spirituality, as I mentioned earlier, and then she moved on years later uh, to join the Franciscans. She's practiced lots of types of prayer. So it's helpful for me to be guided into new ways to pray. This imaginative exercise of prayer that she um, suggested to me helps me accompany Jesus through his journeys in the Gospels and be present right there as he encounters and heals and teaches and comforts. Using imaginative prayer through the Gospels um, is a way to get to know Jesus so that he becomes more than a historical figure or someone that we pray to. He actually becomes alive in our own lives. People are often surprised by the Jesus they meet in this kind of prayer, she tells me. And she's led hundreds of people over the years. As they discover him in a new and more personal way, These imaginative prayer encounters uh, will stir us in a heartfelt desire to know Jesus more intimately, to love him more intensely, and to follow him more closely. I was grateful for someone who could offer a new way for me to pray and even make sense of that experience of the wave that was crashing over me. And finally, Paul's words, to think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, I think that speaks aptly to this, um, to commemorating Juneteenth, to spend time thinking 
on what is true, to recognize the honor that has been denied to black Americans over centuries, to dwell on the full dignity and the humanity of being black for those of us who are not, to let us think on the things that are true of our history and our whiteness and to focus on justice. Where we direct our thoughts ultimately directs our action. So when we dwell on what is honorable and true and just, we will act on what is honorable and true and just. One of the opportunities that we have as a community to act in that way is through our compassion team, Circle Mobilizing, because Black Lives Matter. Uh, there was just an email sent out by Christy Ashaba, who is part of our congregation, but also part of this team. Uh, and they are leading us, they are organizing a, um, a wealth redistribution action. Uh, she wrote, because we are committed to being in community with each other, we must acknowledge and see and repair the harm perpetuated by white supremacist systems in our community among, against our black community members. This includes an imbalance of generational wealth across racial groups that determines opportunities for our children when, we, when they graduate high school and begin the next steps of their future. So Circle Mobilizing is mobilizing us as the church to donate to a campaign that's an action of radical faith and love to redistribute wealth. And the money this year will be given to black children of Circle of Hope. That's just one opportunity, but there are many. Right, currently, right now, there's activities going on in Vernon Park in celebration of Juneteenth. You might want to wander over there after this meeting. Um, but there are lots of other ways that you can find to spend dwelling on, thinking on, and acting on what is true and just and honorable. I want to read Paul's words to us one more time. Rejoice in the Lord, always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, siblings, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you've learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them and the God of peace will be with you. May we find ways to rejoice. The Lord is near, now and to come. This week, practice naming the presence of God 
where God is near, where restoration of things are happening as you see it and experience it. Let your requests be made known to God. Find new ways to pray if you need to that open up your heart and your mind. Our imagination is a powerful tool for that, especially after we've been in um, such a kind of restricted and um, maybe survival mode. Using your imagination to encounter Jesus is a way to access your heart in new ways. And lastly, think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's take a moment of silence. You can close your eyes if you want to. Try to pay attention to what's sitting with you. And then there'll be space to talk back. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhope.net.